All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome yet to another week of the Nurse Kristen podcast or any of you guys that are watching on the YouTube channel. Welcome. I am so excited. This week we have an amazing episode that I have with Courtney. Many of you guys know her on Instagram for court.nurse. She is very inspirational and brings so much amazing educational content on her page. And today I'm going to be discussing a little bit of especially changes from what I've known when I've known her from years ago to where she is now and advancing in her career. It's been amazing and inspirational to see where, how far she's come in her nursing journey. So I have Courtney on and I am so excited to have you, Courtney. Hi. Are we recording? We like, are. It's okay. totally fine. <laughs> Hello. I'm sorry. I should probably like throw some more hand gestures in there. I'm just like sitting here quietly, like zoning out. Hello. You're everybody. so cute. <laughs> I seriously, thank you so much for coming on, but for anyone that is listening on the podcast or anyone that is actually watching the episode on YouTube, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your background, how you got into nursing, um, how all that came about for you. Yeah. So I, when I was about, um, 20, I was like, I'm going to go to nursing school. And I was like, Everyone's always said it's such a good career and I had done all the prerequisites and I was going to do an accelerated program. And then like three days before it started, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I'm only doing it because, you know, like in hindsight, I'm a type three Enneagram. So achiever and I like live off of um, kind of doing what everyone thinks is a good idea type thing. So like three days before it started, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to be a nurse et cetera, et cetera. And I put my, you know, resignation in or whatever for the ABSN program. Well, with that came like, well, what are you going to do? So, um, I was making pretty decent money, like waitressing at a bar, figuring out like, okay, what do I want to do? Like I took some accounting classes, um, took some, uh, math classes cause I really liked math. And then I found myself on, you know, YouTube, on Google, like, okay, different careers in the medical field, right? Like different, mm -hmm. it kind of kept coming back to the medical field and then it kind of kept coming back to nursing, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, a year later or so, I, um, I'm sorry, one of my, I need to make sure that I do not disturb because one of my um, friends slash patients is texting me. Real life stuff. Virtual, <laughs> yeah, a virtual <laughs> visit. So I'm so sorry. Um, so I decided to shadow an ER nurse and um went and did that. And I came home and my husband was like, How was it? And I just like was shaking my head back and forth. And I he's like, Oh, it was bad. And I was like, I have to be a nurse. Like, this is absolutely like it gives me goosebumps still because I was like, I absolutely like, this is what I'm meant to do. I mean, I just mm -hmm. knew like after one day of being in the ER for like four hours, I was like, that. this is just, I have to do this. Right. I mean, nurses, yeah. there's lots of different career paths, but like, I think we can all agree like nurses are kind of the shit. Like we're up there, like <laughs> we're a teacher, we're, you know, the counselor, we're social work, we're respiratory, we're PT, OT, mm -hmm. we're, I mean, we're everything kind of no matter where you work, like right? the nurse is like the nurse, right? I mean, it's like mm -hmm. a huge hat to wear in the best way. So I applied back to the accelerated BSN program, which didn't, you know, start for like another year, year and a half, maybe even, and got in and then started that, had a way better plan going into that as far as like money, 
how mm-hmm. am I going to survive? You know, where, you know, how is this going to look um, logistically, which I didn't have a good plan the first time. And then as I worked through the accelerated program, I just fell more and more in love with nursing. And I would walk around in my capstone rotation and be like, oh my God, I'm going to get to be to, like paid to do this one day. Like I just freaking loved it. And that's okay. Not everybody falls in love with it that much. It's okay to do nursing just as, you know, a career mm-hmm. and, or, you know, just like, Hey, I'm doing this for a paycheck to feed my family, to feed myself, to, you know, work three, 12 hours. So I can, that's fine too. Um, I just personally fell in love with it. And that's when I, I knew I probably wanted to go for more. Um, I had never really considered going for a higher degree. I was so happy just to be getting a bachelor's degree. Um, I, didn't really think of it until they came to talk to us from the DNP program one day, a couple of the instructors or just one of the instructors and my nursing school friend at the time was like thinking about, you know, um, applying or, you know, looking at the application process for the DNP program, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, again, type three, I'm like, Oh, like that's an option. Like, you want to do that? Maybe I should look at doing that, you know? And then I started thinking about more and think about, you know, the, the life I want to have and the, um, the care that I want patients to receive, et cetera. And over the course of, you know, the last five years, those things have just kind of strengthened Mm -hmm. and, um, pushed me kind of to keep going and whatnot. And so, yeah, I feel very blessed. That's kind of how my nursing, everything got started. And so, yeah, now if for those who don't know, I graduated with my doctorate in nursing last month and I'm already like, okay, what can I get next? You know, (laughs) um, yeah, so that's kind of how it all kind of came to be from a, from very much a place of love and a place of passion. That is awesome. So I know you're definitely like an, an advanced practice nurse now. So you went through school, DNP program, all of that stuff. For yes. anyone that is listening or anyone that is watching right now, um, for that doesn't know exactly okay. what an APRN nurse is, um, explain exactly what is an advanced practice nurse. Yeah. So the easiest way I can kind of describe it, I think, um, is think of it like your credentials listed behind your name. So for me, it's DNP, APRN, AGN, BC. So what that means is the degree Woo! I hold. I know. <laughs> like, dang. I know. It's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, trust, I'm not sitting here being like, I mean, trust me, I'm humble, but I'm also like, I'm like a little girl about it. Like, I yeah, because like you worked like, hard for that, you know? So the first time I picked up my badge and saw that, I <laughs> yeah. texted my mom and my dad and I was like, I'm going to literally, I'm going to cry. Um, so the, the DNP for me is the degree I hold. So that's a DNP or the MSN, right? Then the APRN is saying that you're an advanced practice registered nurse, and that's for your state. So for my state of Missouri, that's what we call ourselves, APRNs. Oh. That is your person who can prescribe and do all of that. Because you have to remember, you can have a DNP and be an RN. You can have an MSN mm-hmm. and be an RN, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the degree, then the advanced practice. And then what can I advance practice? I can advance practice adult geriatric um, primary care. Mm-hmm. Or, um, AGNP is technically a, a adult geriatric nurse practitioner. And then the C-C is certified for board certified. So your NCLEX are your boards. Mm-hmm. For um, nurse practitioners, we have the ANCC and then the, um, or the 
AA and CC. <laughs> and CC, yeah. Yeah, or the AANP, sorry. There you go. A-N-C-C or the AANP. Yep. So um, there's the two different certifying boards. So that's kind of the easiest way to think about it is like you've got your education, then you've got, you know, you can be an advanced practice, you can be a nurse, whatever, and still hold those degrees or, you know, become the advanced practice where you can prescribe and do all of that stuff. You have a different scope of practice. And then it's kind of like, well, what's your scope of practice in? It's in this. So, you know, whether that be acute care, primary care, pediatrics, um, babies, whatever it may be. Okay. So that's kind of the, I think, best way to explain it. It's kind of like, yeah. And you can entwine, entangle some, you know, mix over to this, some mix over to that. Some yeah. don't cross at all, right? Obviously, I'm not going to have anything to do with babies. So it's, you know, it's kind of those categories in a way. Right. Well, and then now, since you've gone through like your graduate program, your APRN, DNP, now we all know how hard nursing school was and how stressful a nursing program is just to get your associates, bachelors of nursing, right? So explain, I guess, differences with programs like through schools from what it was like as a nursing student in school and the difference between that and then going through the school to getting your, your DNP, your APRN degree. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. Cause I just recently posted an Instagram reel talking about kind of like, which one was harder. And I mean, most people in the comments totally predicted like that it was the ABSM that was harder. And I don't even think it's the accelerated part. I think it's really just the bachelor's or the nursing in general, right? Because you're yeah. starting out learning how to think like a nurse and how like crazy is that? Like I find myself, um, having to like remind myself that these nursing students that I'm teaching now, um, that they don't have that nurse brain yet. You know, they don't have, they certainly are smart enough and they're certainly capable, but they don't look at a patient with heart failure and think, okay, well, what is their ejection fraction? Okay. We need to listen to heart sounds, lung sounds, check for edema, check for fluid overload. Like those things that you are embedded in your brain it's second nature to you right they just don't have that built yet well when you're doing a dmp program you have that phenomenal base of knowledge and experience you know um so it was significantly easier for several reasons um one being having that base of knowledge and then two being um the ability to uh self um self-direct you're learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for instance, you know, on the online um, didactic side of things, you know, they publish a lecture, they publish any assignments and they publish, you know, your test is going to be this day. You, the window is open for, you know, two or three days. This That's it. Here you go. Right. And so it's yeah. your responsibility to watch the lectures if you choose study additionally, however you choose, right? You have a week, two weeks to get that module done. Then you take your test. Um, Very self-paced. Very self-paced. You have to be very self-disciplined, which I think most, by the time you're going into, you know, knowing I'm going to be in NP school, you know, you're like, okay, I'm an adult. I have Mm -hmm. to do it. And um, you're also paying for it. So it's like, I'm not going to let this money go to waste. So it was very self-directed. And then the same with clinical, you find your own preceptors, you know, you schedule, you know, you have a whole semester to get in 225 hours. So, you know, are you going to go with this person on 
like I ended up not working my last semester. And so I got all of my clinical hours done within like a month and a half. I could do okay. that. It's, I had the preceptors. I just said, can I be with you this day, this day, this day? I'll be with, when you're out of the office, I'll be with this person on this day. Like I just was able to get it done that way. Mm -hmm. Or if you wanted to say, okay, I'm going to do two, you know, Mondays and Thursdays. And then on the other days I'm going to work. It's just totally up to you versus mm -hmm. clinical and nursing school being, you know, be here at this time, show up in uniform and you'll stay until I tell you, you can leave, you know, show up to this lecture at this time and you guys can go when I tell you, you can go just totally different. Totally different. And yeah. now your preceptors for the program, did they find the preceptors for you or did oh, you have no. to physically go out? Okay. Cause that's what I've heard yeah. is like probably the worst is trying yeah. to find those preceptors. So it's how, how was that for you? It's definitely one of those things where it's like grit and bear it and just get through it. Right. I had this whole plan. Um, First off, our they were supposed to have a meeting with us back in on a no, in a November December time frame because we were going to start our preceptorship, finding our preceptors and whatnot, and start clinical that summer, right? Mm -hmm. So at least six months in advance, right? They're going to have a meeting with us. They ended up having that meeting with us. I think it was late April, early May. So I'm talking like maybe four weeks before we go into clinical. So I had this nice plan of what I'm going to do. Okay. I was going to do my palliative care hours, which are considered specialty hours one semester. And then, you know, I, I had my plan. I had my doctors lined up. I had my people lined up. Yeah. So we have this meeting and they say, no, no, you have to do primary care hours before you can do any specialty hours. And so I was scrambling at the last minute to try to find a primary care preceptor. So I did get a master list from, um, someone at our university, uh, and I don't live in the same city where I went to school so that I didn't have like those connections either. Like I couldn't just walk up to one of my professors and be like, Hey, do you have any friends who work at a clinic I could go with mm -hmm. and that would make things easier. Um, but I did get a large list and I was able to locate, I think I used two preceptors from there, maybe, maybe just one. But otherwise it was, yeah, it was word of mouth and just cold emailing, cold calling, asking any provider I've ever worked with if they knew anyone. And then sometimes they did. And then sometimes that person wasn't taking students, but they knew someone who might be and just kind of following through that chain. Um, but we got it done. And, oh <laughs> you know, it, it's not ideal, but I think there's pros and cons because when you you get to pick, right? Like you're picking your location, you're picking your mm -hmm. floor. If it's someone, you know, that's really nice. Um, so when you have an established relationship, maybe they know your work ethic, they know you, they trust you, right? That can be nice versus going to some place you've never been. Maybe it's 45 minutes away. It's someone you don't know and they don't like you and they don't want you to be there, but they have to do it. So I think there's mm -hmm. pros and cons to it, you know? That makes sense. That, that does make sense. There are pros and cons. And I see actually there's like companies or apps now that I guess yeah. that you can go and use too, I guess, to see yeah, they can set I, you up. But I wasn't sure how that really yeah. worked, if it worked for a lot of people. I wasn't sure. I fortunately didn't have to go down that route, but I have heard things where people have said that they, you know, are requesting to be preceptors or requesting to be paid like $12 an hour or something like that, which makes sense because it is work for them for free. Mm -hmm. right? But at the same mm -hmm. time, as a student, like I don't have 12, right. $12 an hour to pay. 
Right? I mean, that would be what? 12 times 225? Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Math I don't want to do in my head right now. Yeah, I mean, it's over, (laughs) what, $2,500 or something? It's a lot. It is a lot. That's crazy. And so how long is a program like that? That Like, how long was your program? My, our DMP program was three years full-time, four years part-time. And I did part-time. Okay. I did take a semester off at one point, which pushed my graduation date back by a year. Um, which is, you know, not a big deal. I would, that's why I chose that program and chose part-time was because I knew I could go nice and slow, take a semester off. If something happened in life, I was just at a point where I was like, let's get in, let's get started and then not rush it. So those programs are nice too. Cause like you said, life happens, things happen. So it's nice to have that wiggle room of your own pace too, and doing things, you know? than a structured when you're in nursing school. (laughs) Exactly. Like nursing school. I mean, if you get pregnant and you have to like go into labor and do all that stuff, I mean, it's downright impossible, but with DNP school, I think it definitely is more manageable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. it's, It's different. I think you're treated more as an adult in some ways, not necessarily respected, but definitely I think if you're, you know, putting out there that you're a professional and that you're an adult, you know, mm-hmm. as high of you, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not going to spoon feed you and whatnot, but at the same time, you're kind of holding yourself to a standard of, you know, why don't I look for the answer first instead of asking and things like that. So, yeah, no, understandable. Um, yeah. So for anyone that's listening or anyone that is watching on YouTube, that is interested and you know maybe they're a current nurse have been working as a nurse for a few years and are looking to you know go back to school and become an advanced practice nurse or maybe they're a nursing student and are looking into you know yeah. maybe eventually wanting to go further after their bsn right. and go in and do that what are like avenues or what do you recommend um for them to do going forward are there certain things that they need to do as far as where they need to work depending, I guess, on what they want to be as far as with their advanced degree, um, any volunteer work, any anything, classes yeah. that they might need to take. Uh, what do you recommend for people if they want to go through the same path kind of like you did? So um, as far as where you want to work, it really doesn't matter. Like you can work in the ICU and then come out doing primary care, or you could want to work in a work as an NP in the ICU and you could work like an outpatient primary care. I don't really think it matters. The experience is obviously going to be vastly different, but let's say you worked in the ICU for five years and you're like, I know this is where I want to be, but this clinic is offering me hours that are going to allow me to go to school. No one's going to look at that and care. Um, But what I would say is figure figure out where you want to be. Like if you're in the early stages, figure out where you want to be. Do you want to do acute care? Do you want to do primary care? I always thought primary care would be kind of boring because I mean, I always worked in the hospital, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the hospital with everything I knew. I love primary care. And it's so funny because I used to care about like, oh, we're going to do skills and let's get some IVs. And like, you know, when you're a yep. new nurse, you get so excited. Someone asked me the other day, like what my favorite thing to do in the clinic was. And I was like, I literally just love talking to people and like just educating them on their medications and like mm-hmm. Figuring out like why is there maybe not some med adherence and like what barriers to care are there like so things that like are boring kind mm-hmm. of but um so figure out where you want to be do you want to do primary care do you want to be at the bedside intubating do you want to do you know CRNA school and work in the OR 
If you think you already have an idea of what you want to do there, then see if you can shadow it for four hours because mm -hmm. thinking mm -hmm. it and actually seeing like you may get back there and realize that, okay, there's a lot of politics involved in like the OR, you know, everything has to be like this. And I don't think I could live like that. I, you know, want to talk to people more or something like that. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's true, but just an example, you know, you might think primary care is really boring. And then we shadow for four hours and you're like, okay, we did a ton of this. We did a ton of that. Like we sent someone to the ER for this, you know, you might decide that it's, or you might be like, you know, okay, well the hours are really amazing and the work-life balance is great versus, you know, if you go shadow a CRNA, they might be like, yeah, I work 24 hours on 24 mm -hmm. off, you know, like you may decide, you may learn things that you didn't know. Um, so I would say shadow if you can, that's always a good thing. And then once you know where you want to be, start looking at programs that have those tracks and that um, have a good reputation, look on their website, you know, what's their application process like most everywhere is going to require some kind of um, personal statement, you know, and that can kind of tie into like, okay, I went over here because of this. Mm -hmm. Um and that, but that's kind of what I would say the steps would be, you know, is figure out like kind of where you want to be and then start looking at schools, start figuring out reputations, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, figure out what that cost is going to look like, figure out what the curriculum is going to look like. Is it a program where you could take a semester off if you have a baby? Is it a program, you know, where it's like, it's two years, it's intense, it's all online, it's all self-taught. Is it in person? Are you an in-person learner? Are you an online learner? Those mm -hmm. sorts of things. But mm -hmm. figure out where you want to be first. Mm -hmm. No, those are really good points, especially the fact of seeing what that day in the life is of like CRA, yeah. like you mentioned, like, is this what you can see yourself doing all day? I love that because sometimes people say, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I have my head, yeah. you know, and some people are like, that's exactly what I do. And then others, once yeah. they get there, they're like, oh, on call. I don't know if I want to do on call. That's a lot. Right. And, you know, like, right. so that's, I nice. love that advice because yeah, that's so true. Maybe. It's shadow. And also shadowing can get you like a foot in the door. You'll know people too, especially if it's in the place you want to work. And that can help you too. So I love that advice. That's really, really yeah. good advice for people. So, and, oh yeah, well, go ahead. One, one thing I want to say when you're talking about that, um, one thing I want to say with anyone who's wanting to go into advanced practice is that there, and I think we talked about it on the, the last podcast too, but there can be a lot of negativity associated mm -hmm. with it. I mean, I think there can be a lot of nurses kind of eating their young, kind of like, you know, I don't want you to do better than me type stuff. I have seen that. I have heard that. I have felt that, right? Um, and to the point where when I worked in the hospital, like I did not tell anyone I was going to DMP school. Like I did not want anyone to know, right? Mm -hmm. um, still, even as a nurse, it was something I didn't really bring up. Um, and I have been told, oh, you'll just make as much money as a nurse anyways. Or like you could, you should just do travel nursing instead or it's so oversaturated, like there's no way you'll find a job. I had a friend who had to work as an RN for a year because she couldn't find anything. Well, <laughs> not my experience at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know it depends on area, but I also am in pro I'm in the, or I graduated with three really good friends who have all secured jobs before graduating mm -hmm. departments that they wanted to work in. Right. I had two written ready for me to sign job offers paying double what I make as a nurse. Mm 
And then I still even got offered a job at the hospital the other day. I said, well, I work in primary care. And he said, we'll teach you. He said, you'll come around with us. Oh, that's nice. Um, and I got another email from a physician wanting me to come interview. I mean, it's just, I cannot tell you how many opportunities. Mm-hmm. This was before I even graduated, before I even had experience, you know? That's so awesome. for anyone who is thinking about it, if it's really what you want to do and it's really what you love. And when you're all alone <laughs> getting snuggled into bed and it makes you excited to think about going to school and learning and taking care of patients in a different capacity, don't just tune that out. Just tune mm-hmm. that out. You know, I I had no idea where I was going to work and it's just, it's all worked out phenomenally. And like I said, that's not just me. That's all my peers as well. Mm-hmm. Finding jobs that they liked, that they're comfortable with, you know, financially what they're making. And um, don't let anybody make you feel like it's a stupid decision. Yes. Yeah. Just Stay nod. true to yourself yeah. and what you want to do. At the end of the day, nod yeah. And say, mm-hmm, because it's so <laughs> funny. People would come up to me and be like, "Oh, I thought about it, but I make just as much money now." And like, blah blah blah. And I'm just sitting here like, wrong audience, but okay. Like, yeah. What's to say to that? Like, right. oh, you're right. I'll drop out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, it's just, it's, it's happened to me a lot. It really has happened to me a lot. And so I just wanted to throw that out there that if, if you are hearing that and it's stopping from you, stopping you from it, like, I mean, do a little dive into, you know, what NP jobs are out there, you know, but a lot of them mm-hmm. are just connections, you know, they're not even mm-hmm. through the, you know, going on Google and looking. So you're going to find stuff. You're going to yep. find if it's what you want to do, please don't let people being negative stop you. Sound it out. Like it's just a bunch of noise that you don't need. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. And, you, Absolutely. and what you said with connections, that's very, very true too. That's why I say, like Sorry. when you mentioned about um, shadowing, if you're volunteering, maybe it's someone that you know that works where you want to be. And it's just being able to shadow them, have a conversation with them, ask them Absolutely. questions Go to or anything. With them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because that is someone. Yeah. yeah, that's like a mentor. That's like someone that can talk you through about exactly what they can expect or, you know, answer yeah. questions that you might have about it. And yeah. that's a connection. Like it really has a lot to do with connections these days and, get, and getting your foot in the door into what it is that you want to do. So yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So for everyone that is watching, everyone that is listening, advice, I do this to everyone that are guests on the podcast, any advice, it doesn't have to be nursing related. It doesn't have to be anything like healthcare related necessarily, but just general advice that you would give anyone to take through from today, next week, next month, uh, to propel them in a positive light that you would recommend for them to take today. Oh, I have a couple. Um, (laughs) I will share one that's on my mood board and one that has a quote that has kind of stuck with me for forever. It's a clip off of Scrubs. If you, if you remember Scrubs. Oh, Scrubs, yes. I love Scrubs. That was probably my favorite TV show ever. Um, but there's a moment where Dr. Kelso says to a patient, and then um, Turk is also there. And she's like, but what if it's hard? And he, you know, kind of says some stuff, and he says, nothing in this world worth having comes easy. Mm -hmm. And 
that really stuck with me because sometimes it doesn't mean like, it doesn't mean it's hard and it doesn't mean that we're meant to grind ourselves. But I think sometimes the thing that's worth having is just life, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing in life worth having comes easy, but the thing that is worth having is life and happiness. And sometimes that is hard. And sometimes, so happiness is what, like, that's where I'm at right now. I would say I'm very happy. Mm -hmm. And part of getting to this point was tuning out that negativity. Right. And that wasn't easy. Like it was, it would, the easy thing would be to let it seep in and let it be like, am I making a mistake? The easy thing to do would be to quit. I mean, honestly, the easy thing Mm -hmm. to do would be to quit. So the hard part wasn't necessarily, oh, I've got to study every day. I've got to study every day. It's like the littler things too. Um, so that, that quote always kind of reminds me of that. And it's, like I said, it's really not, when I say it out loud, it makes me feel like I'm telling people like, you got to grind, like you got to work for it, mm-hmm. but that's actually not really what I mean at all. It just means a DNP is not just going to be like handed to you, right? You're not mm-hmm. just going to wake up and start having, you know, a six figure salary or whatever it is that you're wanting those things worth having, um, don't come easy necessarily. And that the easy part can mean different things for different people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like a, maybe it's moving to a different job, you know, because you're like, I want to spend more time with my kids at home or whatever it may be. And it, the thing worth having was the home life balance and the not easy part of it was, leaving, you know, leaving a position that you kind of liked, but wasn't right for you. So Mm -hmm. um, that quote just always has kind of stuck with me. Um, And I think it is just applicable to a lot of things, you know, like marriage is hard and it's so worth it, but it is not always easy, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's worth having and we have to work at it. So Mm -hmm. That helped me push myself. And then I have a plethora of other quotes. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to actually pull up my my vision board. And so I have nothing worth having comes easy. I have stop assuming things aren't attainable for you. You decide that. And that always reminds me like, like my dream to have a hospice house. Like, don't just sit here and say like, oh, that's not the, that's not the cards for me. Like who, like stop saying you can't have that. I'll look mm-hmm. at how and I'll be like, that's way too, I, I can't afford that. You decide that. 100%. That. No one else is saying that you can't have that. You're, you're putting a limitation and a cap on yourself. That should not be there. You have um, to flip the mindset, flip absolutely. that shift, make it a positive. Yep. And then make a list of things that make you happy make a list of things that you do every day, compare the list and adjust accordingly. So sometimes it's little things like, like walking my dog or spending time outside or reading a, like reading a book makes me so happy. It makes me feel so much better. Me too. Watching TV. Like it doesn't even matter if I said just something about reading a book. It makes me feel productive. makes me feel happy. It just makes me feel like, Ooh, self-care. Like I'm so good to myself. Right. (laughs) And so it's like, that would be on my list of things that's happy, but not list of things that I do every day. So mm-hmm. implement that. And then the last one is Buddha. And it's in the end, only three things matter. How much you loved, how gently you lived and how gracefully you let things go, not meant for you. And I really think that how much you loved and how gently you lived speaks to me like so much, like, uh, 
that I just, you cannot take anything with you when you leave this world. But my God, you can leave stuff behind. And love is the biggest thing I want to leave behind. I love I mean, that. I want to I leave. I mean, I uh, was listening to some 9-11 recordings <laughs> Monday. Mm-hmm. It was devastating. I sobbed in the shower. I mean, sometimes you need a good shower sob, right? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like body and it just, it doesn't matter because you're in the shower. Mm-hmm. Sobbed in the shower, just thinking about 9-11 and every one of those voicemails, you know, in those final moments, they wanted to mention to someone how much they love them. Like, I want you to know, I love mm-hmm. you. You know, mm-hmm. love, love, love was just the theme of it all. And so it just reminded me like, you know, oh, geez, you really like, you don't get to decide when you go, how you go, but you can decide what you leave. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaving love. I'm leaving love. Absolutely. No one is going to take that from me. That oh my means- gosh. I love that. I love I that. People <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Mm-mm-mm. Nope. Oh my so, gosh. I love of all of that. All on of the my advice. vision board. Uh, and I think working as a hospice nurse, obviously, like I've, I've seen a lot of uh, perspective changing things. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just love, you know, love, love, love is like just the name of the freaking game. And if we could all shift our mindset to that, you know, Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, it's the mind shift. It's just changing things from a negative to a positive, which every time I say that negative to a positive, it makes me think of my, my guy, Pitbull, Mr. 305 that oh, has yeah. that in his song yeah. from a negative to a positive. Cause it's so true. It's just, you know, there's always something, even when I have a bad day, it's changing that mindset of like, okay, I'm going to think of one good thing today that I am blessed yeah. or I am happy about. Like, you know, it, it is. And every day, I don't know, on my Instagram, I always do like affirmations and stuff. I'm big on affirmations. And I'm also very big on like journaling in the morning, kind of yes. get your mindset. So um, I always recommend that to a lot of people too, just because it just sets the tone and it just uplifts me yeah. for the day and you know, Absolutely. how I'm feeling, where I'm at in every different aspect. So I love the quotes and I love that you have that vision board with that. Cause that's something you can look at and remind yourself every yeah. day. <laughs> So I yeah, love that. I want to, I definitely want to, I want to say like, Hey, if I, I, this is the first year I've done a vision board, always loved them, but never like made the effort to sit down and make one. Mm-hmm. So I have like my graduation corner, my like fitness and running. I, I really wanted to get back into running this year, mm-hmm. but I haven't yet, but there's still time in the year. And that's another thing, giving yourself grace, but then some other miscellaneous things, some quotes that really stuck out to me and stuff. But there was one picture that I saved on my Pinterest and it is all, I saved it to my favorites. I'll show it to your audience. Um, and I just think it is amazing. So this is the picture I saved on. That is the oh, picture. Oh, yes. It's like everyone listening, but everyone on YouTube could see it. <laughs> this is me in the OR. So oh, that's so cool. That person, whoops, sorry. Yes, this person. Yes. And then that's me in the OR. Yep. Literally identical, right? And mm-hmm. so I just I think there's a lot of uh a lot of power to it. So I highly recommend, even if it's not a vision board, you know, maybe it's just a, a quote that you save as your background on your phone or put it up on your desk or your mirror. Yeah. Let that, let that seep in and don't be afraid to ask for things, you know. Absolutely. That's definitely don't something that to- to people put on take. 
Yeah, absolutely. So everyone can start that tomorrow and just having some sort of a visual or a quote Homework. that they can read every morning. Exactly. <laughs> Homework after this episode. Homework. Do it. All right, Courtney. So now we're towards the end. Where can everybody find you on socials or websites or anything for more information as far as your advanced practice degrees or any like nursing yeah. general education? Because you are so, full of it. Court.nurse on Instagram. I'm always on my messages. People can always message me. I don't mind at all. Mm -hmm. um, my highlights, I really try to go through my highlights pretty often and like weed them out and clean them up so that it's necessary information. So I have like a DNP highlight, like an NP school slash clinical highlight. So there's mm -hmm. some really good baseline information on there. Um, and then it's kind of hard to keep everything else organized, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want people have to scroll back, you know, like a million years. That's pretty much the best place. I'm on TikTok too, but not religiously. And um, I don't really post much on there. Um, so Instagram is the main, okay. main place. Awesome. Well, I will definitely link that below after the episode so that everyone can find you and ask you all the things because I'm sure that's what's going to happen, which is okay. good because I know this is like a demand that there, I just see a lot more and more people doing and that are yeah. interested in it. So it's super helpful information. Everyone can go and find her at, at court.nurse on Instagram. Find that information on the highlights. But until the next week, I am so happy that you guys all joined in on this podcast and the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Thank you guys. And thanks, Courtney. Thank you guys. Thank you, Kristen. Have a good week, guys. Thank, Thank you. you.